Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Uh oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. I don't care if Monday's blue. Tell me why I don't like Mondays. From the Bob and Sherry Studios, it's Bob and Sherry. You guys, time is like a mind-blowing, bizarre thing. I'm, I'm eating breakfast this morning, and my uh, phone, my app, my history app, pops up a thing on my phone, and it says on this day in 1960, and I'm like 1960. That's so. That's 62 years ago. The song Georgia on my mind, Ray Charles mm-hmm. went number one. Mm-hmm. That song is six, was number one 62 Georgia. years ago. Sounds just as good. Oh, the whole masterpiece level, right? It's an amazing piece of music. The uh, song was included, and uh, there were two albums Ray Charles did, and it was Modern Sounds and Country and Western Music, Volumes 1 and 2. I'm pretty sure Georgia was one of them. And those were the first two albums where an American recording artist had complete control over the recording session. The songs, really? the producers, all of the musicians, whatever it was. He just he said to the record label, which was, I think, Mercury Records, he said, I just changed record labels to be here, and I want to do these country songs. And they said, you are not a country artist. He said, I'm doing these country songs. And he hired, evidently, because we had him on the show, David uh, uh, Page. Page's, David Page uh, the, from David Toto? Page from Toto's father to do the arrangements, because that's what David told us. And uh, that song is, is so lush and so beautiful, and not only loved by people in Georgia, but I think people all over the world just I love mean, this. Uh, yeah, this is... I was... I don't, I don't know what I thought. I don't know when I thought this song came out. But I didn't Long realize that ago. it was 1960. I thought it was in the 70s somewhere. Yeah, I mean, listen to his voice. I don't know. Oh, Georgia. No peace I find. Just an old sweet song. I have to say that if you know someone that doesn't like this song, you shouldn't have anything to do with that person. Because there's something wrong with them. I'm not saying they're evil. I'm just saying there's something so deeply wrong with anyone that could be like, oh my God, I don't like that. Don't, don't be friends with people like that. They're dangerous. It's just so beautifully recorded. Page's father was a genius with these arrangements. And of course, the singer, 
was described by Sinatra as the only true musical genius of his time. When I first heard this song, I thought Georgia was a woman. And then when I grew up, I thought Georgia was the state. But now that I'm married to a Georgia Bulldog, I understand that it's the SEC football team. (laughs) (laughs) It's all those things. That's the beauty of that song. In fact, it was so funny that this was what I woke up to today. Because yesterday I was wearing my one of my Georgia National Championship t-shirts. And um, I'm in the kitchen and Kevin comes in and he's like, oh, that's fetish attire for him. He's like, oh, <laughs> are you wanting something? <laughs> yes, to be able to wear a t-shirt without being <laughs> mauled and groped in front of the dishwasher. This is just an amazing record. I had no idea. Number one today, 1960. We've got a big show for you to kick off your work week. Morons in the news coming up. Comedian Mike Winfield, Casey Anthony back in the news. And why we all need to thank Mr. Potato Head. Because he made history. You don't even know it. There's no respect for Mr. Potato Head. I'm going to change that today. Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry ask, do you know a crazy cat person? Are you crazy? We are not crazy. Are you a crazy cat person? Well. Time to out yourself and proclaim to the world your love of your kitty best friend. Well. It's the My Life is All About My Cat line in the Bob and Sherry store with t-shirts available in an assortment of colors with the perfect style for you. Unisex, women's, and even tank tops in sizes small to 3X. Or you can have tea or coffee with your kitty pal with ceramic mugs that also say my life is all about my cat. And of course, Sherry's award-winning cooking with cats is chock full of great recipes and fun photos of felines frolicking in the kitchen. With shirts, drinkware, and a cookbook, the Bob and Sherry store has your crazy cat person covered this holiday season, even if it's you. Yeah, they're crazy, but they're a lot of fun. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. Wow, wow. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Cherry app. I have had women set me up for some really bad situations in my life. I had one set me up to agree to actually putting in carpet in the bathroom. Okay? That's very (laughs) wrong. I had a woman set me up to pick as a honeymoon destination... A Mexican resort that turned out to be kind of a dump, even though I was a world traveler and said, let's not do that. Let's go to Hawaii. I've been set up, but even I have not been set up like this guy, the wife of a former Navy nuclear engineer acted as a lookout for her husband as he passed military secrets to someone he believed to be an agent of another country, Diana Tobe. A former school teacher was sentenced to 21 years in prison, while Jonathan Tobe was sentenced to more than 18 years in prison. District Judge Gina Grow, who imposed the sentences, rejected the couple's initial plea deals after she deemed the sentencing guidelines too weak. The couple then immediately withdrew their initial guilty pleas but then came back and said, we want to enter some new guilty pleas. Prosecutors are, 
Listen, listen Why to what did they the did. the wife get more time than the husband if he here's was selling why. the secrets and she was the here's, lookout? Here's the answer to that. Prosecutors allege that this couple tried to sell information about nuclear-powered subs to a foreign government. Um, they reported Brazilian officials alerted the FBI after receiving a package from Jonathan Tobe with Navy documents and instructions on how to contact him. The damage that was done is still unsure, the judge said, the damage that was done to our, to our nation. And then she said, the judge, it was most probably Mrs. Tobe who is driving this bus. She was the major part of the plan. She wanted her husband to lie. So while in jail, she tried to pass a letter to her husband saying, set me up so that I wasn't a part of all of this. They found the letter and the judge said, hmm, I believe the whole thing started with you, hon. You get 21 years. The couple has two children, a 16-year-old and a 12-year-old who are living with family members elsewhere. I ask you, how low are you? that you would sell your nation out to a foreign government. People are so greedy. You are are so, so greedy. I'm still not 100% on why she got more time than him. Evidently, she was, it was her idea. There's evidence to demonstrate she was the mastermind. And and that she was also doing the uh, the cover-up by trying to get notes to him saying, Hey, um, you need to take the fall. You know, just make out like I had nothing to do with that. That really ticked off this judge. 21 years. You know, there's a lot. There are so many people that want to tell you in a big, loud voice that they're patriotic, and yet they do stuff like this. You're like, they do. I know. This is not what patriotic is. Like, you're, this is the lowest of the low. This is true. It's worse than. It's worse than robbing a bank. Yeah, this is this is treason, folks. This is not. This is espionage. This is the opposite of patriotic. People die. Military. Our military people die because yeah, of this stuff. Exactly. You know what I couldn't understand? Where did the Brazilians? Uh, I think to, I want to follow this story. Why try to sell to Brazil? I don't even know if they have a navy. I guess they have a navy. They may have been Certainly. a go-between. Oh yeah. yeah. Between yeah. Brazil and who knows who, Russia, Ooh, Max, China, North Korea. Max very up on his Tom Clancy plot lines. Yeah, they could. <laughs> yeah, really exactly, exactly. So anyway, for heaven's sakes, folks, don't do crimes, but really don't hurt your fellow Americans. I, I wouldn't sell the radio station's playlist to a competitor, much less nuclear secrets. Like, wait, do you people not have any conscience, any sense of right or wrong? Hey, with the last station, I would sell that playlist just to bring down any station that would buy it. There's no station that would have bought it. We could have tried. We could be like, hey, we got the playlist to sell you. Oh, no, thanks, girl. That's the last thing we want. All right, we got morons in the news next. It's Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry. You see, that's all I could come up with because I'm an idiot with morons in the news. Okay, here we go. San Antonio, Texas. Police in Texas are describing a stabbing they're investigating at a San Antonio apartment complex as 
a love triangle gone wrong. And I, when I saw that, that's the quote, a love triangle gone wrong. I said to myself, well, when does a love triangle ever go right? And then all you have to do is go online and see evidently quite a few are. Uh, anyway, the uh, stabbing happened just after midnight at the military village apartments. Police said the incident started when a girl invited her ex-boyfriend to her apartment. Sometime later, the new boyfriend showed up. Investigators said she hid her ex-boyfriend in the closet. But the new boyfriend boyfriend found the man and a fight broke out. The ex-boyfriend then stabbed the new boyfriend and took off. When officers arrived, they found the man with four stab wounds in his back. He was taken to the hospital. He is expected to recover. The suspect is still at large, and they are going to charge him with stabbing and taking part in a cheating girlfriend cliche. (laughs) Why Why would you put him in the closet? At least put him under the bed. Maybe the new boyfriend has bad knees or something. I don't know. The closet is the easiest place to look if you're suspicious. Because these kids today have so many more things to watch. They haven't been forced to grow up on their parents' soap operas and and Knott's Landing, where these kind of plot lines went down. They don't realize what a cliche it is. You kids today with your streaming platforms. It's sad. It's so sad. Let's go to Holly Hill, Florida, Volusia County. Um, A wild thing happened at the Right Track gas station. Um, And this was in the middle of the afternoon. We've got surveillance video that shows um, a gas station employee having a shouting argument with a customer. It revolved around a food order. And before you knew it, there was like a big old fight going on. And the employee ended up with a shiner and the local news got involved. Let's hear from the gas station employee. I failed by I didn't make two pieces of fish for. So she got very verbally abusive to me. And we won't go into those words. Um, and I just retaliated. Mouthy back. Go in the back. Holly Hill police note in the surveillance footage, another worker did try and separate the customer and Shannon, but it didn't work. Here's the thing, just so we're very clear. I'm not calling the customer a moron for hitting the gas station employee. I'm not calling the gas station employee a moron for fighting with a customer. I'm just saying that anybody that's buying fish at a gas station might qualify to be in morons in the news. You, you need gas to look at your life. Gas station yeah. fish. Fish, yeah. Come on, It makes y'all. the gas hot dog station. sound like a possibility yeah. and a healthy one at that. Now, sure, who doesn't want to lose a few pounds before the holiday eating begins, but gas station right. fish seems an extra <laughs> cruel way to go at it. That just is the morons. Just the words, right? Gas station fish. Gas station fish. And honestly, I'd like to speak to that customer and say, ma'am, ma'am, I know it was a bad day, but this employee might have been doing you a favor by not making you the gas station fish. All right, that is it for morons. We're going to take you down the rabbit hole next with the perfect way to kick off a week. We've got comedian Mike E. Winfield and the amazing way that Mr. Potato Head made history. Potato Head's got a lot more going on than you ever knew. It's Bob and Sherry. Veterans, 
There's no real way to say thank you for everything you've done for us. But the Bob and Jerry Show is sure going to try. We want to send veterans on vacation. Thanks to our friends at Visit Florida. Just nominate your favorite veteran by going to BobandSherry.com and hitting the contest tab and sharing their story. We could send that veteran and their family to Amelia Island, Florida to stay five nights at Residence Inn by Marriott Amelia Island. Located near the beach, this hotel has spacious suites complete with full kitchens, which are perfect for families. This also includes an eight-hour fishing charter with Pipe Dream Charters, a round of golf at Amelia Island River Club, and a Lux Boho Picnic courtesy of Lux Picnics by Les, plus round-trip flights and a rental car. If you're an active military or a veteran, Florida salutes you. Bob and Sherry are sending veterans on vacation. Nominate a veteran or yourself today at BobandSherry.com and hit the contest tab. Bob and Sherry contest rules apply. Bob and Sherry go. Right now, you may be on your way to work or school or off to a dentist appointment or whatever. So imagine that you are just like all of these New Yorkers. It's early. You're groggy. You get on the subway for another long grind at the job. When the doors open and a group of people get on, and what you don't know is the entire cast of Broadway's The Lion King has just stepped onto your train to give you a little surprise. People that are not even looking up from the newspaper while this is going on. I figured that. They're just so blasé. Yeah. That is so New York, though. That's only in New York. Good for them. If you were on that train taking your baby to daycare and you didn't stand up and hold your baby up like Simba, (laughs) are you even alive? Yeah. Yeah. What a great idea. I mean, to promote the uh, to promote the Broadway show. Right, because obviously it's been around for a long time. It needs a little juice. What a way to do it! That's fantastic. I love when New Yorkers do stuff like that. You know, it's a tough city to live in for most people, unless you're really, really rich. That's very cool. 
And what's wild are the people that are like, oh, it's the cast of The Lion King again. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah exa- so, exactly. We're I, just so <laughs> not having it. <laughs> All right, we got Mike E. Winfield coming up for you. Plus, notorious, infamous Casey Anthony is about to take a big old jump back into the news. And we have the details. It's Bob and Sherry. From sleep training to sex tips, if you have questions, I have answers. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Kim, your confidant and host of the Parentologist podcast. Each week on the show, we dig into relevant topics related to everything parenting, marriage, current events, and mental health. You'll feel like you're in the room and part of the conversation. So please join me and get your weekly dose of expert-level advice and resources from me and my guests in a relatable, easy-to-digest way. Listen to the Parentologist podcast now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Could it be a truly American art form is taking the world by storm? Ranking in the top 100 in many countries around the world each week, Restless Shores is a very popular with our overseas neighbors, even in many countries where English is not the native language. From Azerbaijan to Andorra, from Yemen to Yonkers, New York, and all points in between, Restless Shores international fans are the wind beneath this American podcast swings. For more, check out restless-shores.com and find Restless Shores wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Dr. Kim, the parentologist. As a wife, mom, therapist, and all-around juggler like most of you, I lead a hectic life, and sometimes that means indulging in foods on the go that my stomach doesn't always agree with. Thankfully, Pepto-Bismol provides me fast and effective relief for all kinds of upset stomachs. Having a little too many guilty pleasures at a family barbecue or birthday celebration may lead to indigestion or heartburn, so I always keep Pepto on hand to get fast relief when I need it the most. Pepto-Bismol, use as directed and keep out of reach of children. It's the Bob and Sherry Store Sizzling Summer Sidewalk Sale. Everything in stock is on sale, 10% off. 10% off! Including Sherry Lynch's cookbook, Cooking with Cats. And swag you can use, like Bob and Sherry 24-ounce latte mugs, travel mugs, H2Go water bottles, and our very hot line of Mother of All Mothers merch, including tote bags, candles, wear-around tea and sleep shirts. 10% off! It's the Sizzling Summer Sidewalk Sale. Everything is 10% off. Just hit Shop at bobandsherry.com and use the discount code PODCAST at checkout. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. When it comes to thanking our veterans and their families for everything they've done, every service, every sacrifice, there just really aren't words. So we're going to try to thank you with an experience instead, an incredible vacation for a veteran and their family on Amelia Island in Florida. We've got Mm -hmm. your hotel covered with the residence in by Marriott. We've got your airfare. We've got your rental car. We're going to send you on a fishing charter. We're going to send you on a picnic. You're going to have so much fun. A vet and three family members, and it's super easy to win. Just nominate the veteran that you want to salute. And it could be your own self or a vet in your family. Nominate a veteran to win this trip right now at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. Vets on vacation. That's B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. It is time now for Bob and Sherry's Small Plates. Little stories from around the world and the USA that you may have missed. All right, so on the platforms that I watch on TV, the Christmas movies have arrived, including A Christmas Story. 
The one about Ralphie with the Red Rider, BB gun. Everybody remembers that and loves it and watches it year after year. What is the most familiar and famous furniture item in a Christmas story? I mean, it has to be the leg lamp, right? The leg lamp. Yes, the sexy leg lamp. That's exactly right. So Chickasaw, Oklahoma, inspired by a local legend of 50 foot tall, Recreation of the iconic Christmas story leg lamp, 50 feet tall, complete with a black high heel, fringed lampshade, and a box marked fragile, has become a permanent statue. Built entirely out of fiberglass, this permanent sculpture is located in Chickasaw's new downtown park. Quote, the soft glow of electric sex emanates from it. Just picture... (laughs) Young Ralphie admiring it and his mother hating it. And of course, everybody knows what happens to it. Well, there was a man and his name is Nolan James. And he died two years ago at the age of 89. Many people were surprised that his obituary included the line, Nolan always felt his lamp was the prototype for the one in the movie, A Christmas Story. I am looking at Nolan's lamp that he created like 40 years ago and it's it's a mannequin and the mannequin is covered by a giant lampshade so you don't see her head she's got a mini skirt black stockings and high heels you turn it on and it's like the mannequin is is the lamp he felt that this was something that the movie producers saw because he he had it he's an art teacher and he was making a big deal out of it And he said, that's where they got the whole idea. And so the local town put up inflatable uh, leg. And it was so popular, it got blown down because it was inflatable, that they created a permanent one made out of fiberglass. And it is something to see. However, (laughs) it has been discovered. And actually, on this show, the Bob and Sherry show, it's been described. The actual leg was the imagination of a writer named Gene Shepard, who had a book called In God We Trust, All Others Pay Cash. And that was where Christmas Story took the idea from. It was his imagination, and it was not this guy's creation. But nonetheless, I say give this man his due. Because if you drive through a town, and there is a 50-foot leg, a beautiful leg of a woman in high heels. I say the guy did something for his little town. What do you think? I'd like to see it. That's for sure. It is something. Um, it's cool. I, I looked it up online. It's very cool. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the name of the book, if you're wondering, is In God We Trust, All Others Pay Cash, which is a great title. And um, the, uh, the title of it is My Old Man and the Lascivious Special Award that heralded the birth of pop art. Ralphie's father was played by uh, Davin McGavin. So if you watch that, if you watch A Christmas Story, many of us will every year, that is where it came from. Unfortunately, not in Oklahoma's so, small town. So I learned a hard life lesson because of the Christmas Story leg lamp. Yeah. Um, when I first met my husband and we were just dating, he really uh-huh. loved that movie and he loved that leg lamp. And so kind of as a joke, I gave him a leg lamp for Christmas and then you did uh, and then we ended up married and guess what's in my house 
<laughs> you should have seen that. Is it, guess is it still guess, I don't guess what? Yeah, because um, every oh, time he suggests how good it would look in the living room, I tell him how sad it would be for the garage to give it up. <laughs> <laughs> is that where he keeps it? Does he have it plugged That's in? That's not where he... It is plugged in. That's not where he keeps uh, it. I mean, he enjoys it in the garage where he spends so much time. Isn't it the best oh, place see. for it? I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it could get broken. That's what happened in the movie. It's Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry ask, do you know a crazy cat person? Are you crazy? We are not crazy. Are you a crazy cat person? Well. Time to out yourself and proclaim to the world your love of your kitty best friend. Well. It's the My Life is All About My Cat line in the Bob and Sherry store with t-shirts available in an assortment of colors with the perfect style for you. Unisex, women's, and even tank tops in sizes small to 3X. Or you can have tea or coffee with your kitty pal with ceramic mugs that also say My Life is All About My Cat. And of course, Sherry's award-winning Cooking with Cats is chock full of great recipes and fun photos of felines frolicking in the kitchen with shirts drinkware, and a cookbook, the Bob and Sherry store has your crazy cat person covered this holiday season, even if it's you. Yeah, they're crazy, but they're a lot of fun. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. Leave us a talk back. talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. I'm still like really processing Tom Brady and Giselle Bunchen getting divorced. I thought they were such a golden couple, and, and also they... They like got mad at each other and then, you know, they kind of were like, ew, no, and uh-uh. And then they were divorced, which blew me <laughs> away because because we yeah. live in a state where you have to be separated for 12 months and it's just so much drama. But they had this what's being described as an ironclad prenup that apparently made divorce um, a little bit easier because there wasn't so much to fight over. Mm-hmm. So according to press sources – Tom Brady um, has $333 million um, of his own money, and Giselle has $400 million of her own money because, of course, she was a giant supermodel before they got married. You know, I heard you tell me that. I think it was off mic about a week or so ago. Um, and, And I don't mean any disrespect to supermodels, but when I heard that she had so much money, probably more than him, yeah. I was surprised because, I mean, this is, you know, considered the greatest football player of all time in some people's minds. And obviously he's done ads for, you know, many products. And I just figured, you know, maybe she's got 75 million, which is not chump change. But nonetheless, I had no idea of 400 million dollars. Well, here's here's a way to think of it that might make it easier to swallow um, a model at Giselle's level has a much longer career than an NFL pro because no one is tackling you at a Vogue shoot. You are not at risk of a traumatic brain injury as you're modeling Jimmy Choo's shoes. And Giselle has been working since she was a teenager. Yeah. So you have to, and you have to think about all of the image licensing and endorsement deals that Giselle has had long before anybody was paying attention to Giselle Bunchen. Before she met Tom Brady, Giselle Bunchen was raking it in, and a I bunch think of money. Yeah, my my guess is is that she's pretty good at investing and all of that. Anywho, so they were married twelve years, and they get to each keep their own assets. He keeps his three hundred thirty three million. She keeps her four hundred million. I gotta say that as irritating as my ex could be, 
if he, if I had 400 million that he couldn't touch, he, he'd be more palatable. I'm just going to be honest. He'd be that like, is wah, so wah, shallow wah, on your part. That wah, is so wah, shallow. Wah, 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 and, I, and I would be like, oh, I'm sorry. Were you talking? <laughs> My money was making it hard to hear. Um, Tom is going to keep the family's $17 million mansion in Miami, which they bought just a couple of years ago in 2020. And it's being renovated. And Giselle is going to keep this little three-bedroom cottage she bought um, for $1.25 million. That's going to be her office. And then there's another home in the area. And they have a house in what's, Costa what's Rica. What's the area? What, what, Miami. Her, her home's in Miami. Okay. In Miami. Then uh-huh. she's keeping their house in Costa Rica. Um, it is not known yet what's going to happen to the houses they own in the Bahamas, New York City, and Montana. Um, you know what's you know what's interesting with all of those kids blah blah. What's interesting with all of those homes they they own? They don't have one place in Boston. They did. They Mass- sold it. They so my point is they sold yeah. it. Hey, thanks for the ride. Enjoyed it. Bye bye Bay State. Weather's they, not good enough. I don't know if I, I, I'm so codependent. I think that if I made that kind of money playing for a team, no matter where the team was. I'd have to have at least partial residence there just to thank the local people, you know, that well, I'm one of you. They had built um, an incredible, I forget how big it was. It was like, I don't know, 12,000 or 22,000 square feet or some kind of crazy number. They built mm-hmm. this estate um, in the Boston area and lived in it for a long, long time and then sold it when Tom uh, left to go to Tampa Bay. And they, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess, you know, it's one thing to keep like a place in Boston. It's another thing to keep a 15 bedroom, 18 bathroom. No, no, no. I, I agree. I, I agree. I just, I always thought it was interesting when people were so identified with one area and then they get a certain amount of money and they go, bye bye. Like Gerald Ford, who seems like a very nice man, former president. He was a representative from, uh, I think, Michigan. Wasn't it Michigan? He's from Michigan. As, as soon as Gerald retired, it was Southern California. And, it, you know, it's just like, I can't do those winners anymore. I did what I could for the country. I'm going to Southern California to retire. I just was shocked at the at the amount of wealth the two of them have combined. Unbelievable. Almost, you know, three quarters of a billion, right? I mean, you know that these are very successful people, but the numbers knock you over. Anyway, yeah. everything's going to be fine. Apparently, you know, they're, it's all amicable and they're just the best of friends and blah, blah, blah. Comedian Mike E. Winfield is next. It's Bob and Sherry. The new and improved Bob and Sherry website. Just go to BobandSherry.com. It is time now for Everyone Needs a Laugh. Here is comedian Mike E. Winfield. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Have you ever coached Little League? Uh, kids, man, they're the most entitled people you'll ever meet in your life. They all got these expensive equipment backpacks, but they don't care what they put inside. They're like 9, 10, and 11. Child on my team goes up to bat. I don't see it at first. I'm like, what? No, no! You can't go up to bat with a Spider-Man mask. He flips out. Goes in the dugout, reveals his identity. All the players are like, Ryan! His own mother was like, I thought he left. (laughs) He puts on a helmet, he gets up to bat. While he's up to bat, the other team's pitcher starts crying. 
<laughs> like, what's going on? This is weird. Coach, go talk to your kid. The coach runs out there. He's talking to him for like 60 seconds. He waves me over. I'm like, no. He's like, get over here. I'm like, all right. So I go to the mound. It's the coach, the kid, and me. I'm like, what's going on? Why is he crying? He's like, well, he's always wanted to pitch to Spider-Man. <laughs> back on. Real kid, put down the lightsaber. <laughs> I love coaching. It's so rewarding. It's like what I want to do like later in stand-up. When I'm done with stand-up, I want to coach, you know? And here's the thing. You don't know. We're volunteers. We do this because we love it, so we don't need your requests. <laughs> Guess what? Anyone can coach. You don't have to have experience. You just gotta fill out the background check. <laughs> and guess what? They don't even care how you fill it out. <laughs> you fill it out and turn it in and they're whoa, whoa. A murder? Yeah, but it wasn't a kid. <laughs> oh, get on in here. <laughs> I love coaching every season. On the first day of practice, I hold a mandatory parents' meeting. Mandatory. So I can find out who the finest moms are and see what children I'm going to help the most. <laughs> Little Ray on my team's like, Coach Fro, can you help me with my swing? I'm like, I've seen your mom, you're on your own. That man, he was my assistant coach. But he quit because they made him pay for his food at the snack bar. I try to be straightforward with the kids this much, you know, as much as I can. I hate when my other coaches aren't. You know, because kids, they get afraid when they're up the bat. And my coaches just say stuff like, hey, hang in there. Don't be afraid. It's not going to hurt. I'm like, it's going to hurt. It's a hard ball. That's why they call it that, you know? But I get it, they're terrified, you know? Like I was when I played my one game a Little League. <laughs> I got hit, it was over. But the worst thing is when a child gets hit by the pitch because it is not supposed to be funny. <laughs> But the problem is baseball's technique. The ball's coming at you, you brace and you turn. That's how you properly get out the way. But they get out the way improperly and the worst place a kid can get hit is the center of the back. And I hate it when I see it because they're afraid. They're like, ah, and they turn, ah, ah, ah. And the worst thing you can do when you're holding in your laugh <laughs> is look at another person. <laughs> Mike E. Winfield, 
We'll post it up at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. While you're there, you can subscribe to our monthly newsletter. We never spam you, and it's loaded with cool stuff, including prizes and all sorts of neat things that we don't get onto the regular show. Coming up, Mr. Potato Head is so much more important than you ever knew. Seriously, he made history. We've got the details. It's Bob and Sherry. Veterans, there's no real way to say thank you for everything you've done for us. But the Bob and Sherry Show is sure going to try. We want to send veterans on vacation. Thanks to our friends at Visit Florida. Just nominate your favorite veteran by going to BobandSherry.com and hitting the contest tab and sharing their story. We could send that veteran and their family to Amelia Island, Florida to stay five nights at Residence Inn by Marriott Amelia Island. Located near the beach, this hotel has spacious suites complete with full kitchens, which are perfect for families. This also includes an eight-hour fishing charter with Pipe Dream Charters, a round of golf at Amelia Island River Club, and a Lux Boho Picnic, courtesy of Lux Picnics by Les, plus round-trip flights and a rental car. If you're an active military or a veteran, Florida salutes you. Bob and Sherry are sending veterans on vacation. Nominate a veteran or yourself today at bobandsherry.com and hit the contest tab. Bob and Sherry contest rules are the Fun Size Podcast, a shareable taste of the show at our website or the free, free Bob and Cherry app. Well, 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 looks like Casey Anthony's about to be back in the news. Um, Peacock really? is releasing, yeah, Peacock is releasing a three-part documentary at the end of this month about Casey Anthony and the murder of her little toddler daughter, Kaylee Anthony. Now, Casey was acquitted of the murder of her two-year-old mm-hmm. daughter. And she really hasn't done, she really has refused to do any kind of on-camera anything, basically since she was found not guilty of murder back in 2011. But now she wants to talk. And so the Peacock series will feature Casey Anthony herself talking about the case for the first time. So I'll remind Whoa. you that I'll remind you that little Kaylee went missing um, on July 15th in 2008. Weeks after she was last seen on June 16th, Casey Anthony said her daughter was with a babysitter, but then she admitted that she had lied about that. Kaylee's remains, of course, were discovered that December. Um, That took the jury. God, the trial went on forever. It went on for at least a month or more. And then it took the jury a long time to come up with a verdict. And she was found not guilty of first-degree murder. Um, she was convicted of lying to law enforcement and um, really has gone quiet since then until now this documentary. And I'll remind you that the judge in the Casey Anthony uh, trial said that it was possible that she'd killed the child by accident and then covered it up. And, of course, the defense attorney, remember him, Jose Baez? He said mm-hmm. that the child accidentally drowned and then it was covered up. So even though Casey Anthony was acquitted, you you do know that the murder of that child has never been solved. You know, I forgot the details of this. I forgot that she was acquitted, to be honest with you. I know there was a big uproar and I could remember (laughs) my kids were teenagers, I think back then. And um, they were both very interested in that case. And I'd forgotten that she had gotten off. Did she get off of from everything, including covering it up? No, she got convicted of lying to law enforcement. But one of the jurors on the case said this, quote, 
I think if I were to do it over again, I'd push harder to convict her of one of the lesser charges like aggravated manslaughter, at least Mm -hmm. that or child abuse. I didn't know what the hell I was doing and I didn't stand up for what I believed in at the time. That Mm, is, that's that's a gut punch, isn't it? From one of the jurors, that juror, um, that juror who um, insisted on remaining anonymous and you can see why um, said that he thinks about the case at least once a day, every single day. He said, every time I see her face or hear her name, I get a pit in my stomach. It all comes flooding back. I think about those pictures of Kaylee's remains they showed us in court. I remember Casey. I even remember the smell of the courtroom. She seems like a horrible person, Casey Anthony, but the prosecutors didn't give us enough evidence to convict. They gave us a lot of stuff that made us think she probably did something wrong, but not beyond a reasonable doubt. So So do you get a feeling of what this is all about? Why would she uh, want to speak at this point? What's going to be her story? I I don't, you know, having not seen it yet, because it's it's not out yeah. till the end of the month. Here's here's what I wonder, as someone who follows a lot of these kinds of cases and looks at a lot of these sort of um, defendants. Mm-hmm. I think she wants to talk because she got away with it and she um, is smarter than everybody else. I think it's an ego thing. Kind of like OJ. Max, what do you think? I think I, shouldn't, fellow- put, I, think I shouldn't put food in my mouth while I'm working. <laughs> My fellow true crimer, um, what do you think? I I feel like it's ego that she is. I think you're exactly right. She thinks she got away with it and she can outsmart everybody every step along the way because she's she got away with it. I mean, she got away with it. Now, even though she got away with it, like her life is probably still kind of crap because, you know, she's notorious. Maybe this is her way of setting the record straight and redeeming. I think that's what it is. That I think that's what it is. Her life is still crap. She knows that most of the world um, just didn't believe her story and believes that she was a murderess. And so she's going to put some sort of a spin because she would like to go out in polite society more than, than she is now or feel more comfortable. You know, just muddy up the waters a little bit. So, you know, create a little bit of confusion in people's minds. That's you know, what I and think. of course... And of course, you know, as time goes on, it becomes thinner and thinner what you uh, what you remember. Then all of a sudden, you know, she's in South Beach in Miami. I will remind you, though, that the last um, notorious person to do that destroyed his life. Looking at you, Prince Andrew. Sometimes. um, Yeah, that's true. Thinking that you're going to outsmart the press or the media like this can blow up in your face. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's Bob and Sherry. Hey, it's Sherry here. Just saying a giant thank you to everyone who reaches out and contacts the show. We try to read every email, every DM, every text. We do miss some. um, And I apologize for that. If you would like to be on the show or if something really wild has happened in your life and you'd like to be on the podcast, you can reach us at hello at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I. Hello at BobandSherry.com. That's usually the most direct way, but however you reach out, thank you, and thank you for listening. The Bob and Sherry Oddcast. It's a podcast with stuff you won't hear on the regular show. I had Todd track down the founder of the American Museum of the House Cat. I, I got the cat mummy, which was a real rare find. And, what did you know, it look like, well, it doctor? Just, well, it looks like it's just an old dried up cat. 
It's Bob and Sherry uncensored, uninterrupted, and unfettered. The Bob and Sherry Oddcast. You know, I like people, but I don't crave being around people. You know what I mean? I do. Am I odd? Not in that say way. That I'm, no, you're not odd. I'm, I'm not odd in that way. You can get the Bob and Sherry Oddcast by going to our website, bobandsherry.com, B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. Or text the word ODDCAST to 888-262-7437, 888-BOB-SHERRY. Or the simplest way, get the new Bob and Sherry app for your iPhone in the App Store. I listen to you every morning on the way to work and the ODDCAST on the way home from work every day. It's Bob and Sherry unlike you've ever heard them before. The Bob and Sherry Oddcast. The Bob and Sherry Oddcast. It's a podcast with stuff you won't hear on the regular show. I had Todd track down the founder of the American Museum of the House Cat. I, I got the cat mummy, which was a real rare find. In, what did you know, it look like, well, Doctor? It just, well, it looks like it's just an old dried up cat, to tell you the truth. It's Bob and Sherry uncensored, uninterrupted, and unfettered. The Bob and Sherry Oddcast. You know, I like people, but I don't crave being around people. You know what I mean? I do. Am I odd? Not in that way. That no, you're not odd. I'm, I'm not odd in that way. You can get the Bob and Sherry Oddcast by going to our website, bobandsherry.com, B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com, or text the word ODDCAST to 888-262-7437, 888-BOB-SHERRY, or the simplest way, get the new Bob and Sherry app for your iPhone in the App Store. I listen to you every morning on the way to work and the ODDCAST on the way home from work every day. It's Bob and Sherry, unlike you've ever heard them before. The Bob and Sherry Oddcast. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. We are super excited to welcome a new uh, family member to Bob and Sherry. She's going to start this Friday. Her name is Charlie King, and she is an astrologer. And before you go, oh, God, no, not that. No, no, no. Charlie set out. She wanted to be a botanist, and she thought astrology was a load of hula bula. She set out to debunk it only to have her thinking do a complete 180. She's charming. She's British. She lives in Key West. I think you're going to love her. We had a chat with her on the Oddcast, which is going to drop today. Here's a taste. Your sign, Sherry, your Capricorn? Yes. So, yes. so we're looking at that is actually, um, how would I say? This is almost like a time of pressured blossoming. Oh, I mean, God. I, I, I don't. oh God, Charlie, oh, God. Capricorn, we're so tired of everything. Everything is f- preceded by the word pressured or hard work mm-hmm. or grit or determination. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God, oh my God. Is yeah. there ever a moment for a Capricorn when we're at peace? Oh, I know death. Yeah. But between now and then, <laughs> is there ever an easy day for a Capricorn? As an astrologer, I can confirm, yes, <laughs> that is your time for rest. But, you know, and, and you guys have been going through it for the last, I'm talking 14 years anyway, because there's a whole other thing going on for Capricorns too. So, I mean, you have this complex layering of stuff, let's say, going on that the, the pressure to blossom, it's nice because, yeah, remember the blossoming is there, but, you know, this period is allowing you to capitulate to the pressure Go under emotionally, have a moment, uh, rehash something, throw throw the baby out with the bathwater, and then come back and figure it <laughs> because that's what you, you do. Do you know what's so funny? Um, that and that's why Max was laughing. That is 
pretty much the most clear description of what has been going on behind the scenes. And we laugh because there's, there's definitely that pressure feeling. Mm -hmm. Max is a Scorpio. So I don't know what this, what this poor man has signed up for, but (laughs) we, you know, we definitely feel that. And I have to say like, and maybe this is the most Capricorn thing ever to say all of the good things in my life. And I don't mean material things. I mean, places where like I've leveled up and I can, I look back and realize, yeah, I was not in the place I needed to be then. All of that has been the result of extraordinary pressure. And so I guess maybe as a Capricorn, like I kind of like to bite it off and chew it because I I just Mm -hmm. believe in my heart that something good is waiting at the other end of this miserable beating. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's probably that Capricorn a Capricorn faith. mindset, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It actually is. And I love it. Like I have such a thing for Capricorns. Um, actually, I ran your chart with mine, Sherry, just to I like to do that to see the um, resonance and the influence and the kind of compatibility of people. And it, you have, you know, I mean, there's a lot of Capricorn going in your, on in your chart and it supports the Capricorn in mind, which I'm super grateful for. Um, but yeah, circling to that whole Capricorn, bite it off, trust that, you know, it's going to work and then just do it. That's the Capricorn way. They are some of the hardest workers you will ever, ever meet. Not that any other sign doesn't work hard. You know, Aquarius works hard in a very different way. Aquarius works hard because they do, do, do. Um, a Virgo will think about every detail that's their format but a Capricorn just you know they have this almost vision board in their mind and they just (laughs) got to do it and that's it and then they know that when they do it the results are going to be what they envision they you know everything is accurate what you see is the result of the effort that you put in is right and it's yours and then that's your free will you know going through this vision board in your mind but you know it just feels hard because you guys work so hard and that's why your rewards are so big. I um I have to say that so Bob is a Virgo and I'm a Capricorn. Max is a Scorpio. Mm-hmm. Heather who works with us is a Virgo. I mean, you want to talk about Tony's a Sagittarius, Charlie? Like what a <laughs> wagon train of crazy, am I right? Like seriously. You've got I love it. You've though. got this whip-cracking Capricorn. You've got um, a couple of like detail obsessive Virgos who relive every embarrassing thing that's ever happened to them constantly. <laughs> you've got you've got Max as the Scorpio King trying to hold it all together, and you have Tony happily bouncing from one idea to the next. Right? It's just it is a crazy conglomeration of people here for sure. It's great. The whole chat with Charlie King will be on today's Oddcast, which drops this afternoon. You can find the Bob and Sherry Oddcast everywhere you find a podcast, including bobandsherry.com. And Charlie will be joining us this Friday to tell you what the stars have in store for you. It's Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry ask, do you know a crazy cat person? Are you crazy? We are not crazy. Are you a crazy cat person? Well, Time to out yourself and proclaim to the world your love of your kitty best friend. Well, 
It's the My Life is All About My Cat line in the Bob and Sherry store with t-shirts available in an assortment of colors with the perfect style for you. Unisex, women's, and even tank tops in sizes small to 3X. Or you can have tea or coffee with your kitty pal with ceramic mugs that also say My Life is All About My Cat. And of course, Sherry's award-winning Cooking with Cats is chock full of great recipes and fun photos of felines frolicking in the kitchen with shirts, drinkware, and a cookbook. The Bob and Sherry store has your crazy cat person covered this holiday season, even if it's you. Yeah, they're crazy, but they're a lot of fun. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. Wow, wow. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app. Well, I don't know what's going on in American highways out there, but there's another spill. Another disgusting spill that I need to report to you on. This is Marshall County, Kentucky. And I learned I learned a new word. I learned what O-F-F-A-L meant. Awful O-F-F-A-L. That's like the rendering of an animal's uh, organs, like yeah. uh, liver and heart and spleen. You know, yeah. yeah, all of that ground up and then... Uh, used in uh, some other sort of meat product. Anyway, uh, while the site of a chicken spill, once again, of O-F-F-A-L, awful, uh, is clear, the Kentucky Transportation Cabinet said drivers need to be aware of salt on the driving surface. They're giving people uh, kind of a heads up. Uh, Evidently, a truck... Uh, jackknifed, and all of this chicken waste, just hundreds of gallons of it were spread all over the highway. A slick pool was created by the spill, and um, the uh, fire department there had to show up and try to wash the waste material off the road, and then they would bring in another group that would have to clean it up. And of course, people were asked who were driving there, what was the smell like? And they said it was awful. They said they said it was literally it was it was awful. I have always admired the people who work for a crew who have to come out and clean up a smell like that and and just disgusting stuff all over the highway. And you know, somebody has applied for those jobs and that's their job. Every day they go into work and they wonder, I wonder what disgusting thing I have to deal with today. Don't, don't you admire people like that? I'm fascinated by people that work for like serve pro where every single day they clean up a disaster. Maybe yeah. it's a fire disaster. Maybe it's a flood disaster. Maybe it's um, a chicken guts disaster. But that's what they do every day. Crime scene cleanup people. Every day yeah. they get up, eat breakfast, clock in, and clean up a grisly crime scene. I am fascinated and blown away by these people. I know. What do you What do you think it is? Is do you think they're at a position where this was the only gig that they could get? You know that no, somehow. Uh-uh. I think these jobs pay well, and I think there's satisfaction. A lot of the work that we do in a post-industrial world feels meaningless. You're clicking away at your keyboard, and then you yeah. go home and you watch TV. Yeah, but yeah. When, you, when you clean up a disaster, whether it's chicken guts or a fire or whatever, a crime scene, mm-hmm. you show up and it's chaos, 
and you leave and it's it's order. And I think that you feel like you're doing something that matters and it's tangible and you can point to it and feel like you have an accomplishment. And it's not just meaningless, faceless, clicking away with no idea of what the point of any of it is. You are absolutely, I can tell you you're right because I used to sell supplies to these people and that is exactly how they feel about it. They feel is like I'm right? doing something nobody else wants to do. And they, uh, they do take they would certain say pride that to in you? that. Yes, that. That and window washers, those guys that would go up oh, high that do the, all of that stuff. These people, these people are it. like characters out of the old west. I'm telling they you are. from having met them. Yeah, yeah. they all are. Right. So um, let me so let me ask you, Max. Uh, you are going to spend um, ten years of your life at a secure job in a factory, and the only thing you do is take um, wax lips. You know, like wax lips. And you put them in a little bag and you seal the bag. And that's what you do all day long. You, you uh, always get a paycheck. You're inside. It's air conditioned. Or you're cleaning up chicken, lizard, uh, gizzards rather, and stomachs and disgusting stuff on a cold highway. Which job do you pick? Hmm. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Wax would lips. Th- just would that there. be worse than going? And now here's another exciting episode of things Bob didn't yeah. know. He, oh, Max well, cleans I up mean, crap all day long. I'm all day value. long. Yeah, that's exactly right. Let me put it this way, Bob. I have a, mm. um, a member of my family, a very close member of my family, who has yeah. a job where her company has keyboard monitors on all their employees. Mm-hmm. And if your keyboard isn't constantly in motion, yeah. um, you get called in right. and you get uh, t- a talking to. Um, I don't even understand what it is this person does all day because it just it just it's like data, data in, data out, data, data, in, data entry. Out. Yeah. But mm-hmm. constant motion on the keyboard or right. so that's your job. That's every day. That's five days a week. Every day you're in a panic. Am I am I typing enough or am I going to get in trouble or you put on a hazmat suit and some goggles and you go pressure wash some blood off some concrete. You know, to me, I'm it's not even that. a contest. Yeah. You know, you're right. I would go with that too. Yeah. And you and I have cleaned up some disaster sites, but enough of the old station. Thank you for being with us here. This is Bob and Sherry. You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Sherry's. I believe this. Shit. I cannot believe this. Shit. I love how if you take even the most like everyday, boring, mundane thing and just peek a tiny bit below the surface, like your mind is blown with all of the things you didn't know. Mr. Potato Head is like that. Like you think that Mr. Potato Head, oh, it's a potato that you put faces on, like whatever. But what you don't know about Mr. Potato Head is the war, World War II, almost stopped Mr. Potato Head from happening. and. Oh. And Mr. Potato Head was the very first TV commercial aimed at children and not adults. Did you know that? No. Is that right? Potato Potato Head. Potato Head. The first TV commercial directed entirely 100% at children. And it was a pretty memorable little song. Max has it. He's talented. He's so well-bred. He's Mr. Potato Head. He's more fun than any spot should be. He's he's cool, he's really hot. It's hard to think of what he's not. He's everything that needs to be. 
Looking for excitement Mr. Potato Head's full of delightment He's got a style, he's got a groove His eyes and ears and hands removed He keeps on smiling till he goes to bed He's one much fun, Mr. Potato Head well, that sounds a like of, a new commercial. That's not something out of the 1940s. Oh, no, that's the that's a more recent version. Yeah, I mean, it would be yeah. really scratchy and unbearable to listen to the old ones. So back in 1949, a, a designer, a product designer in Brooklyn named George Lerner came up with an idea that he thought was going to change the world. It was a toy for kids, but it was a toy that the kids could design themselves. So it was meant to be super interactive. So he created a set of plastic body parts the nose, mouth, eyes, um, a little hat, and all of that. And then the children, you would that was the toy. You would buy these plastic body parts. And then children would decorate a potato or another vegetable with the pieces, inventing new characters as they went along. And so he went to all the big companies and tried to get them on board with Mr. Potato Head. But during World War II, there was food rationing in the United States. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, you can't just turn a potato into a toy. You're That's playing wasteful. with food. Yeah, That's obscene. Exactly. People are hungry. Right. So he really, really struggled. And then he found a company in Rhode Island. And in 1951, this company that mostly made modeling clay mm-hmm. met with the Mr. Potato Head designer. And they said, okay, we have an idea. We'll buy the rights to Mr. Potato Head for $7,000 and we will package those body parts in cereal boxes as cereal prizes. Great idea. Small plastic parts in something that kids put in their mouth. That was how it first began. And then, yup. And then this company decided we're going to put an ad on this newfangled television thing. And it's going to be just for kids. And that commercial aired on April 30th, 1952. And in less than a year, the company had earned a million dollars off of just Mr. Potato Head. And a few years later, they changed their name to Hasbro. And today, they are the Ah. third largest toy company in the whole wide world. I'll be doggone. I didn't know that was Hasbro way back then. How about that? It wasn't too long after that that um, it it was decided that Mr. Potato Head could not be a bachelor, that he would have to have a family because this is the 1950s. Suburbia is exploding, the whole nuclear family, white picket fence thing. So here comes Mr. Potato Head, their two children, Yam and Spud, the kids' friends, Kate the Carrot, Pete the Pepper, Oscar the Orange, and Cookie Cucumber. Mr. Potato Head eventually had a car and a boat. Because again, this is the 1950s, you know, and everything was awesome. And sure, eventually, by uh, 1966, people like you were saying, well, here's a good idea. Let's give kids small pieces of plastic (laughs) and sharp pins. So eventually, Hasbro had to change Mr. Potato Head to make it safer. And to this day, Mr. Potato Head um, is selling really, really well. Um, In 1996, Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head did an advertising campaign to encourage people to vote. In 2002, Mr. (laughs) Potato Head turned 50 and joined the AARP. And now you can get special Mr. Potato Head kits um, that include like Optimash Prime, 
Tony Starch, Luke Frywalker, Darth Tater, and of course, Taters <laughs> of the Lost Ark. Mr. Potato Head is a much more important and bigger deal than you ever knew. So in the past, we used to have Mr. Potato Head encouraging people to vote. And today we have Mr. Potato Head, who's actually running for Congress. Yes. So that's and, the, uh, and being elected. That's the I, I have to be honest. I Because of the TV ads, when I opened up my first Mr. Potato Head package when I was a little kid, I was so excited because... Everybody on TV, all the kids on TV listening to this music and watching Potato Head dance around and all, you were so excited. And then you got your potato, you put the ears and the hat and the eyes on, and you go, what now? What now? But Potato Head dance, like on TV. Dance, I say. And it was, I thought Potato Head was really a disappointment. Well... I mean, you had to have, like, imaginative play with Mr. Potato Head. I'll be honest yeah. with you. Mr. Potato Head got um, absorbed into my Barbie universe, and he right. got way more action than Ken. And I don't think that should come <laughs> as a shock to anyone. Who's his personality, Head, not his looks. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and Potato Head had gained. He lived in the Barbie dreamhouse very happily. It's Bobby right. Hey, you can upgrade your mixology game with Vena's Fizz House Virtual Mixology Classes. If you'd like to win a class for you and a friend, just go to BobandSherry.com. That's B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. And hit the contest tab. And hit the contest tab. And it's the perfect holiday gift. Vena's Fizz House Virtual Mixology Classes with Bob and Sherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern live, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. Uh, we love our veterans here in the Bob and Sherry show. The uh, show is carried worldwide wherever there is a base, an American base. The Bob and Sherry show can be picked up by soldiers. And uh, we have been doing that for years and years and years. And right now, we're going to do a little something for uh, some lucky vets out there. Visit Florida and Bob and Sherry team it up for Veterans on Vacation. What a deal this is. It's a vacation to Amelia Island, Florida for a veteran and his or her family. So here's what you're going to get. You're going to stay at the Residence Inn by Marriott, Amelia Island, breakfast included. Going to go out on an eight-hour fishing charter, courtesy of Pipe Dream Charters. Round of golf for four at Amelia Island River Club. A very luxe boho picnic, courtesy of Lux Picnics by Les. Round trip coach class airfare tickets and a rental car. You have done so much for us, and there's no way to thank our veterans for their service. But we want to start by at least giving you a little dream getaway on beautiful Amelia Island. If you are an active military or a veteran, Florida salutes you and wants you right now to enter at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. And listen, if you know a veteran and you want to celebrate your vet, you can nominate them right now to win this trip at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. Uh, we were just, if you uh, were not with us, uh, talking about the ubiquitous Mr. Potato Head and Mrs. Potato Head. I actually, uh, I got a pota- Mr. Potato Head one year, and I think it was like three years later, uh, my Aunt Jo, who was the oldest relative, uh, she didn't realize that she gave me Mrs. Potato Head by mistake. And back then, that was a crime against your masculinity. 
So I, I just, I took a lot of abuse. How's Mrs. Potato Head doing, Bobby? You know, it was, it was brutal. I was just, I was thinking back about the, uh, the, the toys that I remember during that period, and they were all hammered on TV. You know, that was, that was the period of Saturday morning cartoons, and oh my goodness, I'll tell you what, the TV networks made a fortune with those ads. They could make anything sexy and want every ounce every fiber in your body to desire it here are the four and i think ultimately they were disappointing some less than others mr potato head i mentioned you know you get excited at first oh here's his little hat little green hat but then you put him you know and then you put the feet on him and he just stands there you know he doesn't do anything I mean, what do you, you do with potato head? What do you do After with potato you... head if you got a kid who's on a who's on a computer at the age of three? You know, he's got nothing. After you get potato head all like you know tricked out with his mustache and his glasses and his little blue shoes, then you head him over to the Barbie Dream House where he's got yeah. something to bring that Ken does not. You know, he's yeah. got life experience. He's a potato. He's a man with a mustache at a Barbie dream house. He should be arrested for crying out loud. What were you thinking? That was, that was creep. You invited a creep into the Barbie dream house. You get that back. Mr. Potato Head's not creepy. He's not creepy. Why is he creepy? He's too old for Barbie. He's too old for Barbie. That mustache thing. Uh, I just, you know. Oh, either that or he's got a porn stash. He's got a porn stash. Barbie is a grown woman, and occasionally G.I. Joe gets deployed, you know, and somebody needed to come into the Barbie dream house. That oh, could, really even, nice. Oh, Barbie has her needs. Child, is that what you're saying? Even as a child, Ken was so boring yeah. that he was no fun. Like, he never wanted to do anything. He didn't want to yeah. go camping. He didn't want to have, like, a pool party in the bathtub. He didn't want right. to do anything. And also, you could never take him anywhere because for some reason... He never had any clothes. Mr. Potato Head was strong. He was virile. He was he, he was a manly yeah, man. Yeah. All right, let me a can I give you the other three? Spot. Do I have time to give the other three here? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Uh, number two is Play-Doh. I, I would get Play-Doh just about every Christmas. And you know the thing about Play-Doh, when you open up Play-Doh, do kids still get Play-Doh? Is it even sold? Yeah, anymore? we ate, we gave Ada a bunch for her birthday. Yeah, yeah. Did she kids like? Love it. Did she like the play Loved it. It's good unless you leave the top off, and then it gets kind of crusty, and you try to work with it. It's just nasty, and I don't know. I wasn't that artistic. I liked it, but I wasn't crazy. Number three, a slinky. Does everybody know what a slinky is? Yes. Please don't mansplain a slinky. I'll die. Please don't. I've never seen a slinky in a store of recent. So once once you watch Slinky walk down the stairs at your aunt's house the first time, you go, okay, I think I've done that. I've done the Slinky thing. And then you put it away. And finally, Silly Putty. Silly, I did like Silly Putty because you could take the Silly Putty and find a comic book, press down on it. Holy smoke, the face of Silly Putty has the comic book on it. Amazing. And then you could roll it up, put it back in its egg, and the comic is gone. Your, your disrespect of Mr. Potato Head is not tolerated here. Just going to well, let I'm you know. Well, I'm sorry. I'm not changing. It's not tolerated. I mean, you, it you, sh- you it brought, says more about your lack of imagination you than it does about Mr. Potato Head. 
into into a, a woman's house who's barely of age. I mean, I don't just don't know what Barley, to say about. Barley, oh, that. shut up! Barley's twenty. She's Barley's in her twenties. Barbies, you have a filthy mind. It's Bob no, and Sherry. The Facebook, the Twitter, the Instagram. You know, that's how your mom describes them. We're on all of them, and we would love to have you come hang out with us on any of our social media. Hit up our Facebook for stuff you hear every day on the show. Talk to us on Twitter. Shoot us a message on Instagram. We want to hear from you, and we want to follow you back. Plus, it's always Catterday right around the corner, and we're looking at your pics. That's Bob and Sherry on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, B-O-B-A-N-D-S. H-E-R-I.com. Sign up for our newsletter and you could win a $50 Visa gift card. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Now, let's open up the Bob and Sherry Archive Vault. All right, one in ten guys has a chance when he breaks up with a woman that she will start dating his best friend. It's Mariah. Hi, Mariah. Hi. What did you do? Um... I was that friend that got hooked up with a guy. So you were dating a guy for how long? Uh, no, I hooked up with my best friend's guy, a boyfriend. Oh, how how did you do that? Why did you do that, Mariah? Um, well, I was back in high school. That example that explains everything. Um, but it was freshman in high school, and they had been broken up for about two years. And we had known, we had known, the three of us have known each other since, like, middle school. Mm-hmm. And he was cute. And I, was, and I asked her, I was like, is it okay if I, I try dating him? And she told me, yeah. Well, come to find out when she said yes, she still was expecting me not to do it. That was a test of your friendship and loyalty. Yeah. 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 Is that what that was? Yeah, that's what that was. And you failed it, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we ended up, because we had a work together that summer um, when him and I were dating. And we ended up fighting nonstop. Was it kind of a little bit sweeter that this was your uh, your friend's ex boyfriend? No, because we was there something that was a little little bit more of a thrill because of that? No, I mean we ended up we ended up breaking up like a week and a half later because we've known each other for so long. Right. But um. So this didn't really uh, go anywhere, and, and you lost you lost the friendship over it. Uh, no, we're actually still best friends. You're still best friends? All right, she's, she, she and, was... Uh... Um, it kind of happened again a year later. How's that? Well, because she bought a guy to a party. And, and you went ahead and had some of that, too? Well, she didn't tell me she was crushing on him, so I thought he was just free game. Is this Snooky? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it turned out he ended up liking me better than her. Uh-huh. So he hooked, him and I hooked up. And... Um, We've kind of gotten over it because him and I have been together for six years now, and she's had a kid, and she's getting married to someone else. Okay, next. so she's going to let it go. Mariah, i got to be oh, honest yeah. with you. I wouldn't bring my dog around you. <laughs> I couldn't you, trust you. You sound like the woman who likes it to come to you. I bet you keep Papa John hopping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you don't want to go get anything. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Seriously. Uh, ding dog. Oh, new boyfriend's here. Yeah, come on in. Come on over here. I love you. I like a woman who wants her conveniences. Yeah, well, nice. you know, it sounds like we had a happy ending, though. You and, and the boy you poached have been together for six years. Your friend has moved on and found love, right? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. And she's got a wonderful daughter, and we've been friends for like 13 years. Where are you from originally? Brooklyn? Uh, L- no. Born and raised in Central County, Florida. In Florida? 
Were you born and raised in a retirement community during bingo? <laughs> because you have the thickest, you weirdest the thickest New York accent. Long Island accent. I can't, I can't really place it. It's on the island or it's in Brooklyn, one or the other. Uh, no, my parents are from Connecticut. Maybe that's but, uh, the small town we grew up in. It, our high school graduating class yeah. was under three hundred. Wow, so that really cut down your dating opportunities, didn't it? She yeah. got she got seventy eight of them. <laughs> well, Mariah, I'm glad it ended that's well. Great, Mariah. 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 What? <laughs> I love you, we're Mariah. We're saying that we're glad that it all ended. You're adorable. Well. You're adorable. It did end. Well. It did end. Well. It did end right, well, Mariah. It? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's, you know what? She's distracted because now she's eyeing you two. She's going to take one of my men. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm trying to get ready for my first class for the day. So, what are you studying? Yeah, what do you, I got to know? I go to Emory Riddle uh, College. You go to Emory Riddle? You're going to be an aeronautical engineer? Um, actually, it's an engineering physics with a minor in aerospace, life science, and astronomy. Wow. Of, cor- of course it is. No, you know what? Nobody Daytona, expected yeah. that, Mariah. Good for you. That's great. And, you yeah. st- and you're still with that guy? Yeah. I'm what? actually, I've been bugging him for the last two years to get married. I think you should. How could a man not want to, you know, get a commitment out of you? Because he's still got friends. <laughs> because you're irresistible, right, Mariah? I am. There yeah, you go. Yeah, she is. But, she um, is. No, I opened my mouth originally and kind of stuck my foot into it because I told him I didn't want to get married and ha- uh, settle down until I finished college. And so now he's holding me to it. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. But yeah. it, it's nice that it, it ended well. Right, Mariah? Yeah. Veterans, there's no real way to say thank you for everything you've done for us. But the Bob and Jerry Show is sure going to try. We want to send veterans on vacation. Thanks to our friends at Visit Florida. Just nominate your favorite veteran by going to BobandSherry.com and hitting the contest tab and sharing their story. We could send that veteran and their family to Amelia Island, Florida to stay five nights at Residence Inn by Marriott Amelia Island. Located near the beach, this hotel has spacious suites complete with full kitchens, which are perfect for families. This also includes an eight-hour fishing charter with piped Dream Charters, a round of golf at Amelia Island River Club, and a Lux Boho Picnic, courtesy of Lux Picnics by Les, plus round-trip flights and a rental car. If you're an active military or a veteran, Florida salutes you. Bob and Sherry are sending veterans on vacation. Nominate a veteran or yourself today at BobandSherry.com and hit the contest tab. Bob and Sherry contest rules apply. The new and improved Bob and Sherry website. Just go to BobandSherry.com. The whole concept of adulting that I read about that people in their early 20s uh, talk about is really interesting to me. I never reflected on that. I just stumbled through life and realized that if I didn't hire somebody from H&R Block at the end of the year to do my taxes, um, I would be put in jail, you know? So I just, I knew I had to go do the taxes and I didn't know how to do the taxes. And so even though I was making just jump change, I still had to do that. That was one of the uh, initiations for uh, adulthood for me. And there are others, a couple of people in their twenties were discussing it online. And one person said, one of the things that you notice as you're adulting um, is you become more choosy with your friends. Choosy not just with the amount of time you're going to be spending with them, but with how many. 
You know, I mean, you have so many friends when you're 20, 21 years old, at least most of us. And some of them are not really friends, friends. They're, they're more acquaintances. But because you all travel in a pack, you know, you see them a lot. And then all of a sudden, um, you're, not, you're not seeing that many people again. And you realize you don't even have time to keep up with one friend during certain weeks because you're so busy. You also adult when you realize, I have to buy my own toilet paper. The toilet paper fairy is not showing up in my apartment. I also realize that mom is right. There is plenty of food at home. <laughs> and, and finally, you learn, and this is a tough one, not everybody is going to like you, and you have to accept that. that. That, to me, is a very, very big one. I keep bringing up Reese Witherspoon's quote, I was not really free until I realized what other people thought about me did not matter. Once, once you learn that, you do become more of an adult because you say to yourself, I can't be spending the, the few hours I have free from work worrying about whether or not this jackass you know, doesn't like who I am. I think it would, it, one of the sad things that can happen to a person is to go through your whole life fixated on that. I think so, too. And I think people do. Because you, you have no control over it. And it usually no. has nothing really to do with you. You know? Like, it, there's an, it's, there are people that are just going to, what's the old expression, take against you. There are just people that are not going to really like you. You're not their thing. And all you can invest so much energy in trying to win them over or beating yourself up about it. And, and for what? I knew somebody once who bought a house on the periphery of a really fancy neighborhood. But the problem was it was on the periphery also of an incredibly busy road, four lane road. But she was still she was married and pushed her husband. Her husband didn't want this. didn't want this house. They had a couple of kids. So the kids couldn't go out in the front of the house because it was like a highway almost. But she could still say to all of her friends who were, you know, from out of town, oh, yeah, I live in such and such an area. Oh, really? You you got a place there? But her life was, and, and the family's life was more difficult because it was just a little bit of a dangerous place to live. Whereas if she went to another neighborhood that wasn't as celebrated she might have gotten, you know, a nice yard and it, life would have been so much easier. But she had to be able to make that impression to somebody else that she knew gotta, and probably sees very little. I got to hand it to my parents. They did a great job um, with me and my brothers in demonstrating to us that they didn't much care for us and we were just going to have to get on with it. <laughs> so why worry about what yeah. other people Really? Yeah. Like, I, I don't understand being so hung up on what other people are wearing or what other people think about you. Like, wh why would you ever, why would you, first of all, when, when you feel like someone doesn't like you and you work really hard to win them over, is there not a voice in your head that's going, do I really want to put this much energy into building a relationship with someone that doesn't even like me? I know. Or, or, or it doesn't like logical. me or just, you know, is ambivalent about you. Yeah, I, I have to admit, logical. I, I do have a person or two in my life and, and they are and they were in my life for a short period of time. And 
now they, they just don't have much interest in keeping up with me or any of my friends. And yet there's something in the back of my mind that says, you know, I'm doing pretty good right now. I wish uh, he'd come over for a visit because I like him. And I'm going, the, the dude doesn't, he doesn't care. He just doesn't care. Why are you even thinking about this guy? Why would you even want him to come to your house? I know. Well, some of it's nostalgia. It goes back years, and you just, you know, you want to say, you, when you knew me, I was kind of a, you know, loser goofball. But you know, it's been, I'm still a goofball. Look what I do for a living. But things have worked out pretty good. That person is unworthy of the investment I know. of time and energy. I totally know. I know that. They're I know unworthy. that. It's just part, part of being human. It's Bob it's and Sherry. Bob and Sherry. Selena Gomez was on the cover of Rolling Stone recently, and uh, she decided to ring in the end of her 20s and celebrate her birthday with a 30th birthday party that was also a wedding celebration, even though she's not married or engaged or anything. She said, I thought I would be married by now, so I threw myself a wedding. And she invited Billie Eilish and Miley Cyrus and, you know, her little sister Gracie and the people that you probably uh, would think would be there. We had lovely drinks. It was beautiful. And then my friend Kara comes in and brings strippers. So I'd like to say it was a mixture of sophisticated and hysterical. And uh, my 20s were a journey through good, hard and beautiful moments that I will never forget. She is now the star of Only Murders in the Building, and she's uh, being very well received for that. The picture of her on the—I don't know if you've seen it—on the cover of Rolling Stone is extraordinary. My goodness, she's pretty. She's so beautiful. Yeah, and she says um, her heart feels full. She's grateful after several days of celebrating. And you know, I'm I'm reading this, and I know a lot of people really want to be married and all, but when you think of what could have been her life with what she's had to go through physically and mentally and the ups and downs of that business to be in a recovery situation and not have to worry about children right now or a guy right now is probably a good thing for her. I think, too, that this idea of throwing yourself a wedding-themed birthday bash is a great one because very few of us um, enjoy our weddings. They go by in a blur. You, you spend a, a year planning it. It's, this, it's the ma- most magical day of your life, or in my case, days. It's the most magical <laughs> day in your life. And, and it goes by so fast, and it's such a blur, and there's so yeah. much pressure on the bride and groom. You have to... First, there's the ceremony, and then you, you've got to make sure you see every guest and blah, blah, blah. What if you threw yourself a wedding theme party and you got a princessy fairy tale dress to wear and you made all your girlfriends wear bridesmaids' dresses and then you just had a great time? Like, that's kind of what she did. A, yeah, I think it's a good idea. If you can do yeah, it. Yeah, um, that's kind of what she did. I don't think they got dressed up as bridesmaids, but they all, you know, all of her. Best friends were there, and I don't think she was wearing a wedding dress. But basically what she was doing was throwing the reception. Yeah, you know, the reception without the ceremony. And it's interesting, at the end of this article, she said, wow, this is not what I expected, and I couldn't be more thrilled. I've stopped caring about what people have to say, and that's been wonderful. 
And I bet that was a big, big hurdle to get over because when you are, you know, the number one, she was the most followed person on, was it Instagram? Yes. Yeah. Most followed person in the world on Instagram. So you've got all these eyeballs on you. What does she look like? Is she gaining weight? Is she skinny? All, what is the music like? Is she okay? Phys- all of that is on you. To, to step back from that position alone as the most followed woman in the world on Instagram and say, I just don't care. That had to be really a burden lifted off her shoulders. It probably saved her in a lot of ways. I mean, yeah. she went through hell. She went through hell physically and with her health, like absolute hell. And, mm-hmm. and you know, she's been, she got her start working as one of the children on the Barney TV series. You know, I mm-hmm. love you. You love me. She's been a child performer since she was probably five or six years old. She's grown up in the spotlight. Wizards of Waverly Place on Disney, the whole music career, now only murders in the building. She has been bombarded by um, the opinions good or bad, of strangers for her entire life. It probably saved her sanity in her life to let it go. Yeah, that's right. In 2017, she needed a new kidney due to lupus. So that summer she got one from a friend and actress, Francia Reza. And she said, like all good kidneys, I have given this one a name, Fred. After the actor, Fred Armisen. So, you know, for a young woman, she's she's been through a lot physically and it. obviously emotionally, too. Yeah, God bless her for that. Anyway, she looks, if you see it uh, in the magazine store, wherever you go, uh, stop and take a look. She just looks extraordinary. Selena Gomez. It's Bob and Sherry. Hey, you can upgrade your mixology game with Vena's Fizz House Virtual Mixology Classes. If you'd like to win a class for you and a friend, just go to bobandsherry.com. That's B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. And hit the contest tab. And hit the contest tab. And it's the perfect holiday gift. Vena's Fizz House Virtual Mixology Classes with Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry Books, Swag, and the Mother of All Mothers Merch. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. I learned um, some interesting things about the rules that you have to follow if you work at McDonald's. And I think that if you eat um, McDonald's, a lot of these are going to make you feel really good about the company yeah. and the food. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for example, um, burgers, like regular burgers, not an Angus burger or a ch- crispy chicken sandwich or whatever. Just your basic mm-hmm. McDonald burgers like you like, they mm-hmm. are only allowed to sit for 15 minutes before they have to be tossed into the trash. They are not allowed Is to sell right? or serve them after 15 minutes. Now, doesn't that make you feel like I hate waste? Yeah, I, I hate to see food wasted like that, but I guess so. Yeah. I you hate waste, get... but but do you really want to eat something that's been hanging out for seven hours just to avoid so, wasting So uh, when I worked at the Roy Rogers, I used to take those and I would put them in the fridge and then I'd take them home and that was dinner. <laughs> the wow. ones that they were going to toss. Yeah, the ones that they were going to toss. So I put them back in the fridge, and then I'd take them home and eat them. Did you um, ever get sick? Only four or five times. No, no, I never got. <laughs> I never got sick. But, I mean, it's there. It's for there for fifteen minutes. It didn't. I don't think it became too much of a science project. And then I refrigerated it. So, well, um, I mean, when I, I know when I worked when I was in college and working at restaurants, I would have starved to death if not for like the employee meals and stuff that the cooks would give you to take home. So I get it. 
Ronald McDonald? You know, here's I'm going to I'm going to just ask this question and just tell me what you think. Because of the era that we live in, I um I'm just wondering if these were rules I'm not just focusing on McDonald's, but in general, let's say fast food restaurants. Um are these rules that probably were rules that were strictly followed in the 1990s, in the early 2000s, but because you can't get help anymore because of a variety of reasons, it depends on who the manager is at the time. It depends on who the assistant manager is at the time, whether or not they get thrown out in 15 minutes. Maybe that still holds, holds true. I hope it does if they have that rule. And I hope that they have it down the, the, the uh, mechanics of it so beautifully that they don't throw very many away. But I'm just wondering, I, I used to get through a McDonald's line if it, at lunchtime in no more than 10 minutes, five, five to 10 minutes, sometimes less. And I, I've been in lines now for 15, 20, 22 minutes. It's just, it's a different industry now. Well, I'm going to guess that it's always been true that how things were done depended on who the boss was at the location. I yeah. bet that there ha- that's always been true. I bet there have been fast food managers that ran that like it was the military and fast food managers that ran it like they were my brother on a buzz in his fourth year of uh, first year of community college, right? Like, I think that's probably always been true. I, I, I don't, don't recall dismissive attitudes. True. I don't. Re, I don't recall dismissive attitudes to customers uh, when I was uh, in my teens and twenties and really eating places like that a lot. And I'm not. I'm not picking a McDonald's specifically. I'm just talking in generalities. I don't recall that happening at all, and it happens all the time now because people are ticked off. They're not making enough money, and yet they take the job. All I want is the uh, double cheeseburger, and you know you catch attitudes sometimes. Um, but I I don't know that that has anything to do with whether or not they toss the meat after 15 minutes. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. I'm, I'm veering off in another subject here. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't eat like fast food, kind of like having your eyelashes plucked out one by one by a pervert is something (laughs) that you have to adapt to starting in childhood. I think it's a bit strong. I eat at McDonald's all the time. And I, I and I generally know. enjoy it. What are my what pe- are some of the other rules? Do you have some of the my, other rules? We just never we never had fast food, but I'm happy to know they toss the meat after 15 minutes. I never really thought about this Ronald McDonald rule, but it makes perfect sense. For starters, if Ronald McDonald is there, he can't answer to anything other than Ronald McDonald. So, like, if you know that's your friend Brian in the costume, he's Ronald McDonald. <laughs> Ronald yeah. McDonald is not allowed to touch or hug children. That is a yeah. firm, hard red line. And here was the one that I never really thought about. Before, before you go to that, if, 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 if your friend Brian is in the Mc, Ronald McDonald outfit, he doesn't want to be called Brian. Believe me. He wants to be called Ronald <laughs> right, McDonald. Yeah, right. This Ronald McDonald rule, it makes perfect sense. Ronald is not allowed to eat or drink while he's in costume because if the makeup smears, he looks sinister. (laughs) John Wayne Gacy. They cannot risk Ronald McDonald looking unkempt or sinister. Oh, yeah. 
And if he's whomping down on a filet fish and the red get the red matte lipstick gets on the white or the yeah, it's bad. Yeah, yeah, now it starts right. looking like something out of a Stephen King short story. So yeah. you, these are the things you just never think of. But look at you, McDonald's, you McDonald's executives making a good call on that one. Because the last thing we need is Ronald McDonald coming at your toddler with his lipstick smeared all over his face. That's Amen. a nightmare. Yeah. It's Bob and Sherry. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast and the Bob and Sherry Oddcast. We would love if you would subscribe, rate and review and share it with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again for listening.